Okay, let's, let's look, if, if you will, at this subject called anger. And uh, we start off with Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Self-control is superior to conquest. Say that again. Self-control is superior to conquest. What he's talking about here is self-discipline. Now, that's foreign to, to our society and our culture today. It's, it's self-discipline. You know, we do what we want to, when we want to, how we want to, and all those things. But the wise man says here, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And we need to understand that we can conquer anger. Psalms 37 and 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Let me say that again. It only causes harm. I, uh, anger, anger, and this is now lower in your study. Anger, look at this. Look at number 5, Roman numeral number 5. and Look at number 400. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than anything on, anything on which it is poured. Boy, I missed the word there. So it does the person that has the anger more damage than it does the person that we're angry at. Anger causes stress. Anger causes sickness. Anger can cause heart disease. Ang- being angry constantly can actually end in death. And so it's important that we learn to conquer anger. Colossians 3 and 8, the writer says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. So he said, we can put that off through and by, and I'm going to get into that. We can, we can handle this through and by the Spirit of God. Well, that's just the way I am. Oh, I just, I just speak my mind. Well, you, you can get in a lot of trouble spiritually, especially spiritually that way. So it's important that we just don't go out here. Somebody says, well, I just flew off the handle. Well, in the first place, you don't have a handle to fly off of. And in second place, we, we don't have to do those things. It destroys, it, it, it destroys us. It, it does something to us. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. What Paul is saying here, he is saying deal with anger quickly. Deal with anger quickly. Quickly, I, I, I've told this story and I won't get too deep into it because many of you are probably tired of hearing it. But much of my early life was filled with anger because of the environment that I was raised in. That's no excuse. A lot of people have all kinds of excuses for getting or being angry. But I dealt with anger and I found out I did three things. 
I found out something that was vitally, vitally important. And that was to deal with anger quickly. If you let it just stay there, if you, if you continue to be angry, in fact, you, you've got to deal with it very quickly. Once you get angry, you're not going to get over it unless you uh, just go somewhere and simmer down and, and let it go on. So the wise men said here, deal with it quickly. Don't let the sun, Paul says, go down on your wrath. Deal with it. If you're in your wife, you're in your husband, a brother or sister, you get angry, get, get over it, get, deal with it before you go to sleep. Now, I'm sure I'm not talking to anyone that's ever got angry with your husband or wife and gone to bed mad. I, I, you just don't do that. I know you don't. Turn one side, one of you turn one way, and one turn the other way. Uh, no, none of us, you know. Let's look, at our, let's look at our study. Anger is a natural emotion. Ephesians 4.26, Paul says, Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not make room for the devil, verse 27. He's saying, deal with it. And I, I'll, I'll get into that more. Anger... Aimed at injustice or sin is commendable. Tell me someone got, that got angry, not at, at, not at a person, but at the sin. And they express that in the Bible. Okay, Timmy? Yes, he did. Understand something. And Tim is right, and I think somebody else said it. Jesus never got mad or angry at the person. He got angry at the sin. And that's one way you can tell if your anger is sanctioned by God or it's a good anger. Are you angry at someone or are you angry at a cause? There's some causes we need to stand up and say, enough is enough is enough. That's what happened. Well, I, I won't get into that. But anger managed correctly can be an asset, not a liability. Again, ask yourself when you get angry, am I angry at her, him, someone, or am I angry because of, this, of a godly cause? A sanctified anger. Because that is, that is a good thing. Sometimes I don't think Christians get stirred up enough and take the bold stand that they probably should take. So anger is a natural emotion. And if controlled and if channeled as it should be, it's, it's good. What's some things we should get angry about in, in godly angry, sanctified anger? Anger, help me out. Oh, abortion. I think that is. Who said that? I think that's number one. Abortion. Now, I'm not for burning down any place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not for cussing at people. I'm not for any. Of, I, that's not what we're talking about. But it's time that the church 
stood up and said, enough is enough. And millions are being killed. Another one. Abuse of children. And that goes on. How about the selling of young girls? Wow. Don't that make you angry? Makes you. I think seeing what Satan is doing to people today and drugs and prostitution and all kind of bondages, I don't get angry at the person, but it makes me angry. Does it make you angry enough to pray about it and step out in faith and do something about it? There is a sanctified anger. Warnings against anger. Notice Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness, let all wrath, and then here we go. Let all anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, if we were not able to do that, then Paul is whistling Dixie. He's just talking. If, if we couldn't do that, now, we can't often do it in ourselves, but we can do it with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And he tells us to put these things away from us. Colossians, and I'll read it again. I read it a while ago, but I want to read it again. But now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Wow. You know, that's not, that's not gray areas, is it? It's not great. God tells us these things that we are to do. And then James 1 and 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, I looked at that verse. Do we have it? Did you get that one? Did I give that one to you, Mark? And I got it to him probably a little bit late. James 1, 19. You don't have a... Follow, follow this. I sure didn't give it to you. I'm sorry. Follow this one. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So we're to, to speak slowly. We're, we're to hear, listen, listen, and, 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 and then slow to speak, and then slow to to anger. Proverbs 18, 13 says it this way. I hope I got that one. Yeah. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. We hear something, we get so aggravated, we get so upset, and we get so angry before we even think about it, before we, it even gets out of someone's mouth. And we should allow God to give us self-control. Why do you think a guy would get fired from a company, leave, and go back and kill four and five of those people? Why do you think he'd do that? One thing, he's angry. And he plays out that anger in taking people's lives. Just happened. And it happens a lot. Often people suffer because someone simply got angry. Why, why would you want to kill somebody? Because you got fired. But this happens because 
Our society today entertains this anger. You see it on the on, on, you see it on the screen, and and you see, see it played out in people's lives. Let me read it again. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. It's a good verse. Eighteen thirteen. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame. Shame, 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 shame to him. Listen. Ways of acting out anger. Now, let me see if some of you do these things. Because here's the way that people act out this emotion, which is anger. And you know, people disguise anger. If we're not careful, we do it all the time with little insults. I'm mad at her. I'm angry at him. And just little words that are said. Cutting, getting right as much as you can in. We don't. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. We 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 disguise this anger. Here's here's a way. Here's here's one thing people do. This is interesting because this was this was my favorite tool when I was angry at Carol. Now, if, how many you, you people know my wife Carol? Can you imagine anybody being angry at Carol? I was angry a lot at her. But you know who I was really angry at? Myself. Myself. And a lot of times anger is played out in silence. You ever get mad at your wife and just clam up? No. Nobody here does that. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Yes, there is. I told you there's nothing wrong with me. You know. And, and we, 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 we play these things out. One of the ways that we play out anger is through gossip. Why does people gossip so? They're angry. They're jealous of somebody. They're angry because they got a promotion. And they spread it all over the company Forever, the break, wherever they are, they just it's, it, it, it spreads because they're angry, and so they and they criticize. But look at look at some of the ways we act out: withdrawal, isolation, no communication. Boy, that's a way to play it out, isn't it? That gets you that gets you a good gets you nowhere. And when you think about the way we play out anger, if you think about it. You're just doing damage to your own life, to your own self, to your to your own emotions. You're destroying your self. Yelling, shouting, name calling. You never yell, do you? You never shout. I told you so and so and so. All of a sudden, the hawk starts coming out, and you thought they were David Banner, you, you know. And all of a sudden, their eyes turning green, their shirts popping open, the buttons are popping off, and all of a sudden, here they stand and just, and their hair, you know. They may not look like that, but that's what's going on. It's important. Yelling, shouting, name calling, threats. Threats. One of the things, if we're not careful, 
And, and you know, kids can make you angry, can't they? <laughs> I brought you in this world. I can take you out of this world, you know. But it's, and certainly we need discipline. But if we're not careful and disciplined in anger, we do damage to that son and that daughter. And when we get angry at our wives or our husbands, or we get angry at brothers and sisters, there's, there's people that go to church by the hundreds, probably thousands, maybe even millions, that they won't even sit on the same side is that person that they're angry at. Some years ago, Brother Morris went to preach at a church and they were so angry with each other they had to get the sheriff's department there to control it. In the church. I'm not talking about at a nightclub. I'm talking about a church. And they were about to and I watched on YouTube the other day a church group got angry and they fought, they fought one up, one in and down, just angry right in church. Listen, this is a this is a problem. If it's in the church, how about it's in the world? People marching by the thousands and by the millions, carrying signs, and you can see the anger in their eyes, and they're fighting. It's not worth it. There's nothing worth having that kind of emotion playing out in our society today. But it's happening. It's uncontrolled anger. And there's no politician. There is nothing. Listen, we need that sanctified anger under control, healthy, an asset. But we don't need it to destroy us. And I deal with it. I don't know if you deal with it, but we have to deal with it. We have to threats, shoving, slapping, and punching. Larry's probably never been to a house, called to a house, uh, domestic problem where they were slapping, pushing, and kicking and whatever. He probably could take the rest of this, this time telling us about. And, you know, people die. It ends up like they never thought it would end up. They never thought it would go this far. Because we didn't control our anger. And it's not just in the world, as I said. It's in the church. And Christians, listen at me. We can control. Violence comes. Listen, how many people's in prison today because they simply got mad and did something on the spur of a moment? And probably after they did it, they would not have done that. Some of them would. Some of them just that mean. But most people... They did it just out of a spur of a moment. Angry, picked up something, hit somebody, shot somebody. And there's people leave, leave the church all the time because somebody got angry. Angry at the preacher. Angry. We had a lady bust out those doors one Sunday morning. So angry. She almost knocked somebody down when she went out. She was so angry. Of course, I did. I guess I... I she was angry at me, and I guess, I guess I did a terrible thing. I took up an offering. True story. Because I talked about tithing, she got angry. 
and didn't come back for years. Why you get angry? If you don't agree with that, just sit there and that won't last. Listen, we don't take up, we don't take long to take up an offering. Just sit there, don't get angry, and just say, Well, I'm glad that's over. Let, you know, let that and then enjoy the service. People let anger destroy their lives, destroy their relationships. They destroy it. Now, let me let me get quickly to this area where we we really need uh, well. I, I need to deal with the reasons for anger. Low self-esteem. I love these. Look at them. Low self-esteem. Childhood experiences. There have been kids, young people. There have been girls that have been abused. And all their life, they're angry. Do they have a right to be? Yeah, they probably have a right to be angry. But they don't have a right to. Listen. One of the things that, that it's so interesting to me, I still get anger, angry, but anger don't control me. Anger controlled me for the first part of my years. It controlled me. I did three things. I fasted, and you notice one of these here, I fasted. I do believe in fasting. I fasted for six days. Because I knew. My wife looked at me. She said, I won't be here. I, I, I was about to lose the best thing that I ever had in my life. And she said, I'll be gone. Because I had gotten angry. And then I had angry so many times. And I said, honey, I'm so sorry. After a while, that gets old. You keep getting angry. And you keep being on the, that end of the stick. And after a while, you say, that's old. I don't hear it no more. If you're sorry, quit getting angry. And so... I fasted for for seven days. And then I stood up in the church, just like here. You see, we don't like to stand up in a public place and confess our faults, do we? What if I asked, just went right down each pew and asked every one of you, including the pastor, for us all to stand up and confess our faults? I mean, really, truly, bottom of the line, stand up and confess, maybe even today. We don't like to do that. We don't like, the Bible says, confess your faults one to the other. And I believe in confessing. And I've confessed twice publicly about my anger. The third thing I did is I became accountable. I believe in accountability. There are a lot of people that would not, preachers even, that would not be where they are today if they were willing to confess and they were willing to be accountable to somebody else. I don't believe, you know, uh, and some of you are too young to know much about all that went on with, uh, with Jimmy Swaggart and, and where he was and what he was doing. And, and boy, it was behind the scene thing. I'm trying to think of the preacher that went to him. Help me out. Somebody knows it. David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson, if there ever was a man of God and ever was a, a prophet of God, I believe it was David Wilkerson. God spoke to David Wilkerson and told him to go to Jimmy Swaggart and tell him what he was doing. Nobody hardly knew it. And when David Wilkerson went to Jimmy Swaggart and told him, 
He refused him. He, he rejected him. He did not receive it. We don't want to be accountable to anyone. We want to do what we want to do the way we want to do it. So I became accountable to my pastor. And I told him when I called him, I didn't have to tell him what I called him about. Just called him. I wanted him to pray for me. Now, when I would get angry, when I, listen to this. When I would get angry, if I didn't immediately call him, if I let that seed, if I let that stay there any length of time, I wouldn't call him. I'm not calling him. Then he'd come to me. <laughs> I was, one particular time I was putting up stock, and I saw him coming across the parking lot. Boy, was I angry. I didn't want him to come see me. I didn't want him to say one thing to me. And he come in and said, Don had a deep voice. Don, yeah? What's wrong? Nothing. You know, we don't want to admit it. But I fasted. I confessed it. And I became accountable. But you deal with it quickly if you don't. And that came from childhood experiences. Poor health habits. Social injustice. There are a lot of people have been in, that, been, that has been mistreated. Really. But if we're not careful, we let that social injustice get in our spirit and destroy us. Fear and worry, conflict, hurt, and frustration. These things, these, these things. I want you to keep this paper because I, I want it to really, really help you. Now, let me, let me look at number five. Look at it with me. This is how to deal with, with, with anger. Okay? We must want to change. John Maxwell said people change when what? Tell me. Help me out. People don't change until these three things happen. Until one of these three things happen. Number one, they hurt bad enough. That they have to change. There are people that have changed. Maybe not that they changed in their head, so to speak, or in their spirit, but they, they hurt bad enough that they had to change. Number three, people change when they what? They learn enough till they want to change. I read this. I studied this. I read the Bible. I saw it. Someone suggested this book and this author to me, and I read it, and I have learned how to deal with anger. Hurt bad enough to change. Learn enough that you want to change. And number three, Larry, you had those two. Come on, you got to get Well, he got two of them and two of them. Two. <laughs> I'll tell you, Larry, two out of three is not bad, though. 
They receive enough that they're able to change. And that one, my friend, is, is, is we change through and by the Spirit of God. We change through and by the help of God. But we change. See, that's, that's what our vision statement is, transforming lives through Christ, changing and changing whatever the sin might be. Changing wherever we need to change. But we change through Jesus Christ. We're trying to change our society. We're trying to change our criminals by locking them up. And some need to be locked up. But we're trying to change them by locking them up. Locking them up is not going to change them a lot of times. They only change when they change from the inside out, not from the outside in. That's where the change. So we, we've got to want to change. One must change the way they think. Did you know most anger comes from irrational thinking? They, the, the thinking is, is, listen. I want to say something, but I, can, I don't want to get too deep into to things that, it's not going to help us, but, but our, our culture, our society today has so much irrational, irrational thinking. They're not even thinking straight. I, I listen sometimes to people on television or listen to people talk or read about what they said, and what they said don't make no sense. Common sense, it, it's taking a vacation. It really has. And so they get angry over, and you, if you really, really true, if they'd be honest with themselves, why, why, would these, why are these college kids rioting and busting up windows and, and, and keeping people off of the campus? What's going on? Most of them don't even know why they're doing it. They're doing it because Joe's doing it, or they're doing it because they got a spirit of anger. And they bust up the property, and here they find out they wind up in jail. Ir- irrational thinking. We need to change our thinking. And a lot of times we think people's against us, and they haven't even thought anything about you. Did you ever think about that? Well, you see the way she looked at me? You see the way he looked at me? I had a lady to approach me one time on on Main Street, and she blessed me out because of the way I walked down the aisle to the front of the church. Oh, I see the arrogance. I see the pride. I ain't thought of nothing. I just walking down to the front of the church. People think, you know, they, they think this was against them. They think this is, they see somebody over there talking. Oh, they're talking because it's their problem, folks. It's their problem. Moments change the way they think. Be willing to forgive. So I said, I don't feel like giving. You don't forgive because you feel like giving. You forgive because the word of God says forgive. You choose to forgive. You don't forgive because you feel like it. You simply, they did me wrong. They said this, they did that. It doesn't matter what they did. It's important, you know, 
it's important how we react to what they did. Be willing to forgive. Release it. One of the greatest feelings in the world is to go before God and maybe even go to that person or persons and say, I'm sorry. And feel that release. What you're doing. See, that unforgiveness puts you in bondage. And that needs to be released. Now, something I really, 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 really miss in our worship today, in our churches today, is is the thing that we had years ago. And, And you that were around back then. We had service on Sunday night, and that's not every time it happened, but most of the time it happened. The Spirit of God would be moving in such a powerful way until the whole church. There's, all, there, there's always times when there's problems in the church. There's always times when this one said something about the other one. And they got a spur under the saddle, and, and this is going on. But the Holy Spirit would move in that service And one would go to the other one, and this one would go to that one. And before you knew it, the whole church was coming together, and they were hugging each other, and tears flowing down their face. I'll tell you, that was the most cleansing time that you could ever experience. Yeah. Nobody made them do it. It was the Holy Spirit that squeezed their hearts so until water ran out their eyes. God gets a hold of them. We need to be willing to live. Anger, and I read this earlier, but I liked it. Number four is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than on anything on which it's poured. I hate I misspelled that word there, but it's. You get the gist of it. Cultivate self-control. Proverbs 16.31 says it this way. 16.31. Did I get it? Well, 32. Well, I never did find it because I, I, I couldn't find it. In other words, cultivate self-control. I tell people that, that in the marriage, I got marriage, I got to hurry up. I'm, I'm being too long. I tell people in the marriage, people get together. They, they, they fall in love and they think we're going to get married and we'll, we'll love each other the rest of our married life. Not so if you don't work at it. Right, right. Um, if you don't cultivate it. You've got to work at the marriage. And if you just let yourself go. Do what you want to. When you want to. Look any way you want to. And don't tell her you love her. Don't tell him you love her. And do special things for them. You've got to work at it. And that's the way it is with With anger. You got to cultivate self-control. Count to ten before you speak, and that don't help. Count to a hundred. Fast pray, committed, committing all vengeance. Romans twelve nineteen says it this way: Beloved, do not avenge yourself. I mean, there's some people I just won't, you know. I've heard people say, I want him to hurt as bad as he hurt me. I want to see them hurt. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place 
to the wrath, it, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. We've heard that over and over, but it's so true. Let God handle it. My wife and I have seen, we were talking today about the way someone was treating, and I'll leave it at that, the way someone was acting. Leave them alone. Show them love. Don't try to get back at somebody. Get even with someone. That's where the problem comes in. I got to hurry. Walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? I believe it means to submit to the Spirit. I believe the Spirit of God needs to be in our lives. I, mean, I believe it means to be led by the Spirit. We're not walking around, oh, I'm in the Spirit. You know, that's not what he's talking about. He means submit to the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Submit to God, resist the devil. James 4 says, now listen at this, because I'm closing. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. For years I heard people say, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Not if you don't submit to God. Number one, you've got to resist. But you've got to submit. Renounce rebellion. That is a spirit in the world today. A spirit of rebellion. I, I, I believe this. and I, well, I'm not going to get out. I've got to hush. Uh, resist with the Holy Spirit's power. Resist with the Holy Spirit's power. And number ten, folks. You hear me, Sister Carol, I will get you when you get home. Now, she's been gone all this teaching time. She comes in on the end of it and sits back there and makes fun of me. I'm about to get angry. I'll tell you right now, I'm about to get angry about that. You will hear me talk as long as I live in the pulpit often about Romans chapter 8. I can't talk about it enough. I love Romans chapter 8. I love the book of Romans. It is the greatest, if not one of the greatest, it is the greatest book ever written. It is a great book. And you go through the first part of Romans, Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And in the seventh chapter, Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. I, all these struggles, I'm dealing with anger, dealing with all of these things, whatever he was dealing with. But then he gets into Romans chapter 8 where the Holy Spirit is mentioned 19 times, 19 times. And what he's encouraging is for you and I to be filled. With the Spirit. You know what the youth are being taught tonight? Anybody know? Tell me. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something? If all of us would be led by the Spirit, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let Him control your life. Let Him change that anger to sweetness. I've seen people change. If you're dealing with anger tonight and you're saying, I don't know if I can change. You know, you may have been misused and abused and talked about and put down. You may have been mistreated years ago. Don't, he said, and, and, and listen, we've got divorcees here. 
And I don't know, I, I shouldn't even speak to that because I've not gone through that. But it hurts. But let me tell you something. My wife and I have been married for 50-some years. For you that have been divorced and remarried, I don't think one negative thing about you. And I don't want you to do that either. You're no second-rate you, you, no second person because you've, been, you've gone through those things. But maybe there's that bitterness there. Maybe that's unforgiveness. And it's hard to lay it down, but you can lay it down. Maybe you went done wrong when you were a kid, but you can lay it down. You can lay it down. Maybe you're being done wrong right now and mistreated right now. Put down right I just feel this in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak a peace to you. Bow your heads, please. Father, what a subject. How people today in our society is dealing so much with anger. They've allowed it to be a mountain in their lives. They've allowed it to control them from morning to night. And yet they live a miserable life. They live controlled. And God, I pray as I lay my hands on this paper that we've used, this outline, and these scriptures, which mean so much. If you're dealing with anger, would you take your, your outline and the scripture that's there, just take it in your hand and come in agreement with me that God's going to help you Follow these steps to give you victory when it comes to anger. Father, we do lay our hands upon these pieces of paper. Lay your hands upon each individual here tonight. And God, whether it's temporary, whether it's an ongoing anger, give strength. Give overcoming grace. Give victory. Lord, help us, all of us in this room tonight, to be able to say, anger, you will control me no more. May the Holy Spirit rise up within us. Do a work, dear God, that nothing else will or can do. We pray, God, for total and complete victory concerning this spirit. In Jesus' name.